Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. Portal. I had a friend once, you know, I had a friend once. Once I had a friend. <laughs> um, no, I had a friend once that I used to play the game Portal with. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, I don't think we actually ever got through the game because it was her game and, you know, I didn't have any gaming consoles. And when she moved back to England, well, that was it. <laughs> I miss her. I miss those nights playing Portal together and I miss her feistiness just about life in general. Miss you, George. Thinking of you. But mostly, actually, Portals reminds me of somebody else. My dad. We used to watch Stargate together. In those times, watching TV, hot drinks in hand, racing from the kitchen to the couch when the ads ended, not to miss anything. You know, just talking about where the portal was going to take them next and what was going to happen were some of the best times I can remember. And for RPG, I have no problems with the use of portals for quick travel. Sometimes there is a point in the journey, but mostly it's about what you do when you get where you're going. That's the fun part or the scary part or whatever. So, you know, why delay the pleasure unnecessarily? Portal, done. And you're there. Kyra ran to the space between the caster's tents where she had seen the chalk marks before and saw that they were indeed a blurry, washed-out circle. She felt a spark of hope. She remembered a story Elaine had told her once of the portals that travellers used to jump great distances in mere moments. She could see Elaine sitting on the counter, waving her hands in the air as she described the light and how the travellers seemed to appear from nowhere in the middle of these big circles full of ruins. The memory tugged on her heart as she remembered the last time she had seen Elaine was much different, but she pushed that memory down. There would be time to think of her friend again later. She spun on her heels and went to yell at the gnome running on shorter legs behind her when she realised she didn't know her name. Dad, you, what's your name? The gnome panted up to her. Rusty. Rusty, the casters that made this. Did they run? Did any of them run? Rusty screwed up her sweat-covered face and thought, Yes, I think both Poco and Ren ran past me to the temple in the glade. They cast for Den Fern with others. Kyra said nothing as she turned to run down the ravine towards the tunnel she had emerged from, both only minutes ago and a lifetime ago. As she ran into the dark, she spread her fingers and felt the flames tickling him. It provided enough light to ensure she didn't trip. She could hear the steps of Rusty trying to keep up behind and... falling behind. She saw the light of the room where she had left. What was her name? Red? Ice? Frost? Something like that. She didn't have time for the guilt, and so she ran through, careful to only look straight ahead, running into the dark once more. It wasn't long before she heard voices ahead and began to see light. She pulled her fist together and flushed out the flame that she held. They must have left the door open somehow. She burst through the vine-curtained exit, into a mess of huddled and frightened people. The murmur of the voices fell silent as they stared at her, wondering what the fate of those who they had left behind had been, and what theirs would be now. Panting, Kyra knew she needed to say something but she was scared she was already running late. If you mean me no harm, then I mean you no harm. I need Poco and Ren. They continued to stare at her, unmoving and silent. Please, Kyra begged, frustrated and desperate. People will die. 
and I need to save them. I need a portal. I know you can do it. I saw the chalk. There was a sound of hushed whispers that passed through the crowd and a movement of people nudging two figures. Kyra looked towards the centre of the movement. Valefall is in trouble. Help me save them. Please. And after a moment, she saw two humans stand. They nodded to her and the darker-haired figure spoke. We can do it. And the fair-haired figure looked at him and said, more unsure, we think. It depends on how many are going. Kyra replied quickly, me. And then she turned to hear the panting of Rusty coming down the tunnel and turned back to add, and her. Rusty squeaked, me? Why me? You don't need me. I get portal sickness anyway, and I only made part of them. I told you I don't... Oh, mm. And Rusty trailed off, seeing the hard look of Kyra's face and sighed. She nodded and fell silent. Kyra turned back to the crowd. Please, good people, we need this ground. You'll be safe in the glade, safer than those in Valefall will be. And if I live, they will return. I will hear you. I have made a promise. The crowd all rose to their feet and walked out of the temple, wrapping their arms around each other and beginning to talk together again. Poco and Ren were already starting on drawing the runes for the teleportation circle. You know the circle in Valefall? The dark-haired one looked up from the drawing with a guilty expression on his face. Yes, Mistress Starmarked. We have used it before. There is one, underground, that Danfern knew of. He helped us link to it. We can send you there? Kyra nodded. She had figured as much, and she turned to Rusty. Do you know where they will be? Or what they will look like. Will you be able to spot them? Rusty paced as she replied, waving her hands in the air. They'll be at key places of support. Foundation stones and braces. She stopped to ask the humans working. Where does this go exactly, Ren? The fair-haired one replied without looking up. Under the castle. It was the Queen's secret room. She had access from the throne room. And Kyra nodded. There's two mad sense. The king was in much danger. Not that she really cared about him after he threw her in the cells, but she did care about all those working there, all those who didn't deserve what was about to happen. When she came out of her own thoughts, she realised Rusty was still talking and pacing. And that means they'll probably target the tower too, all that stone falling from there. I don't know, maybe, you know, if anyone was around, they'd be crushed. Evacuation makes the most sense if we get there in time. And she looked up. Kyra looked at her hard. She didn't trust this gnome. Why would she? Rusty ran with Danfern and was aware of the destruction he wished to cause. She wondered why she had done a complete flip and whether this was all an act. After all, Kyra could be rushing into a trap. A question occurred to her that she probably should have asked before now. Why are you helping me? And she's going to roll an insight check. Of a plus five to a thirteen. Okay, yep. Against Rusty's deception. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, not great. <laughs> Rusty's face flickers with a guilty expression before she replied with, "I told you. I just like tinkering, and I didn't know." Kyra rounded on her. Sure, she was lying. You can't have been that stupid. You seem quite clever. You must have known that your weapons would be used to kill. Well, started Rusty before Kyra cut over her again. Stop lying, she yelled in her face. You wanted them to die, didn't you? You wanted to murder innocent people. Rusty's face grew red and she stepped up to yell back into Kyra's face. They aren't innocent. 
Kara stopped, surprised at the force of anger coming from such a small figure, and cocked her head as Rusty continued. They took my parents! They accused them of working with the destroyer. They just had an accident with the firepower. They didn't mean to blow up their own stable. Do you think they wanted to destroy a whole wall of their own house? Rusty was sobbing now and Kyra felt her heart soften as she imagined what must have happened. They couldn't have known. They couldn't have known that the boy who helped in the stables was sleeping there either because, because I didn't tell them. She turned her back on Kyra and buried her face in her hands, crying, heaving tears. When, when they took them, they didn't even listen. Tink, Tink, had already made up his mind, and I lost everything. My home, my parents, and, and my home. Kyra felt tears rolling down her own cheeks and reached out to the hunched form of Rusty. After a moment, Rusty wiped her face and turned to face Kyra, and the expression on her face was pleading, pleading for her to understand. They thought, they thought I was anyway. I barely escaped. Dan Fern at least gave me somewhere to sleep. If I worked after I told him what happened to my parents, he just wanted to know if I knew how to make the fire powder. I... And she finally ran out of words. Kyra crouched down to look at her in the eyes, and after a long moment, wrapped her arms around Rusty and hold her tight, whispering to her, I'm so sorry. And while they held each other, both orphans are made that way by the black wolf currently wearing the crown. Kyra understood. She forgave. And when she pulled back from their embrace, she simply said, I'm Kyra. I am destined to try to stop Danfern. Help me. Make it right. And Rusty nodded. I will. Kyra. And they clasped hands tightly and turned to the chalk circle, which was drawn on the ground. Uh, good timing, said Wren. Uh, we're ready if you are. Kyra stepped forward into the circle, followed by Rusty, and nodded to the other, which must have been Poco. Let's do this. And then, thank you. The two nodded as they waved their hands and began to chant. The circle began to glow with a bright white light from the markings, and Kyra squeezed her eyes as the light began blinding. She felt the ground seem to lurch like it was pulled out from underneath her, and she staggered as she tried to gain her footing. She opened her eyes and she saw that the light was fading. What's, what's happening, Wren? And in reply, she heard the sound of someone throwing up behind her. She turned to see Rusty heaving onto the ground and she cocked an eyebrow. Rusty looked up, caught the look and smiled. I wasn't lying about the portal sickness. And Kyra laughed. It felt strange to do so in the circumstances, but also right. Remembering what they were there to do. Kyra looked around. Where, Rusty? Where would they be? And Rusty stood shakily and looked around. Rolling. Nice, Rusty. And a 16 for investigation. There, down there. And she pointed to the pillars holding the ceiling high above. Together, Kyra and Rusty combed the underground for the barrels that she pointed out. Each barrel they poured in water and hoping that it would be enough. Rusty was sure if the powder was wet and damp, it couldn't possibly light, right? Kyra felt like she was missing something, though. 
How were they supposed to light? How was Danfern going to do this? While Rusty searched out the barrels, dampening and trying her best to mess with the magic, she cast around, trying to feel the threads of magic that Danfern must have left. Arcana check. Ooh, Kyra rolls a four. That is not good enough. Frustrated, she's sure that she is missing something, and she barely hears Rusty calling out her name. What is it? And she heard Rusty start to say, I can't fight, when the circle led up behind them. Kyra grasped her staff and cast shillelagh on it, readying herself to fight. She had to squint through the white light, but she could just see a red-skinned and horned creature step out of the light and bend down to do something at the ground. The light faded, and Kyra ran forward, swinging her staff. She saw a wink full of malice, and then those eyes stepped backwards into the shadows that the light had left, and disappeared. Kyra swung her staff, but it hit nothing, and she screamed in frustration before she heard Rusty still screaming her name, Kyra! Look! And she turned to see a line of red glowing and leading up to a wall, disappearing from view. What is happening? Kyra cried. Rusty was running for the wall and threw over her shoulder. I was trying to tell you! I couldn't find the last barrel! It's gonna light! Kyra's heart sunk in her chest. The sense of failure and dread was strong enough that a metallic taste watched over her tongue and she started to run. Following the red line, despite worrying, she was far, far too late. Thanks for joining me in this Jewels from NZ RPG A Day Takeover Special. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my gems, KP, Bobby, Shell, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason. And a big thanks to everyone listening. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or roleplay games that brought you here, but I'm super glad that you've stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. Enohora, kakite anō. Goodbye, and see you again soon. Mwah.